welcome to Multiverse OQ, your guide of the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form, I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this week, we're talking about... Exiles. Again. Specifically Jeff Parker, though. Yeah, we are going to be covering Exiles Volume 2, number 1 through 3, which was written by Jeff Parker with art by Salva Espen, colors by Anthony Washington, and letters by Simon Boland. And we start off with a series of montages on Earth 8149. Polaris, Lorna Dane, is destroying a group of sentinels, but one with a carbon fiber body sneaks up and shoots her with its eye blast. Dead. On Earth-763, the Avengers, including Beast, Hank McCoy, and Wonder Man are fighting MODOK, a mental organism designed only for killing. Beast charges at MODOK when Wonder Man gets injured and ruptures MODOK's fuel cell, detonating it. Dead. On Earth-1119, Black Panther and his robot lion, L-10, or Leo, explore a lost temple only to be taken by surprise by Claw, who cuts through Leo with a sonic blast that impacts Black Panther as well. D-d-d-d-dead! On Earth-2814, Storm and Forge fight against a massive Skrull invasion with a massive attack city that was previously the Sentinel City that Forge is piloting. Storm calls for Forge to eject so the Sentinel City can self-destruct, taking out the Skrulls, but he reveals that he has to do it manually, and Storm watches in horror. As the Sentinel City explodes. Dead, 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 dead. On Earth 8823, Doctor Strange and Wong are trying to get into a room where the Scarlet Witch, Wanda Maximoff, is trying to resurrect her brother Quicksilver from the dead. But the mists of Actus that she wields turn against her. Dead. And then Wanda, Polaris, Beast, Blink, Black Panther, and Forge wake up in a field, confused. And then Moses appears, declaring them to prepare for judgment. Except that it's Morph. But not a physical one, which we quickly find out as Beast tries to kill Morph. And we get the whole Exiles spiel, albeit with some uh, interruptions. Like he's a subconscious messaging system being sent to them. And they were all pulled out a second away from their deaths. And they can't be put back in without trying to fix reality. And, uh, yeah. Basically, the more realities that got messed with, the more fragile reality is. That's why they gotta fix it. And if they fix enough worlds, they get to go home. Or they can just go home now and be dead. Oh, also, Morph is now the Time Broker. And he uh, gives them warning that there's going to be some weird stuff, like the Hitler baby dilemma or the Gandhi baby dilemma in Forge's case. That bastard. Parker writes a very good Morph. Oh, yeah. Like, all the characters here feel very good, and did you only read the first three episodes? The first three issues for today, or have you read this all before? No, I only read the first three. There is some stuff that when you come back to it, it pays off pretty well, especially with the dialogue. Nice. Yeah. 
And so that's when the talus comes onto Blink's hand with a blink. And Morph explains that it will give details when needed. And then they get pulled out and dropped into a new world where everyone except for Blink is trying to deal with a recovery from uh, the interdimensional toss-through. Is this going to be like a thing we find out later? Is this the regular Blink we know or is this a new Blink? So that's the weird thing because they set it up in the writing to make it seem like it could be a new Blink, but it's in a way where if you aren't paying close attention... It's like, oh, wait, is this the old Blink? Because of many, many, many reasons. Like, she barely talks at all, except to get the conversation going. Mm-hmm. She is the person who we don't get to see how she dies. Yep. Uh, she's the least surprised by this. She isn't sick. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a one of those very good payoff things, like I mentioned. Okay. But part of the problem is when they were advertising it, all the ads were like, Blink is back! And it's like, um, so you're saying this is Age of Apocalypse Blink then? Yeah. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah. It is also a bit weird rereading this, because uh, I've been reading the current uh, Exile series, which is like, oh, hey, remember how Blink is supposed to be Jamaican? No. Yeah, yeah, she's uh, supposed to be from Jamaica, so she's, like, not white. Well, I know. She's, like, pink, Luke. But, like, ethnically, she's supposed to be at least partially Jamaican, and everybody forgets it, or she gets played by Asian actresses. Which is weird, and so you get to the Saladin Ahmed one, and it's like, oh, nope, she's got a fro now. Or, like, very, very tight-knit, curly hair. Oh, yeah. and no, I had no idea she was supposed to be Jamaican. Yeah. It came up more in the, like, very brief time that she was alive in the 616, because in the Age of Apocalypse, it, she was, like, just from the Age of Apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's a good, good blink aside. The mission that they have from the Talus is that they are supposed to help Wolverine overthrow Magneto, and they have landed on the island of Genosha on Earth 90631. And this is one where I'd definitely say read it, because there's a lot of very good dialogue bits. Oh yeah. No, and all the characters feel very well-rounded, even like for issue one. Exactly. And so Blink decides that they go for all their powers. Blink can teleport and use displacement javelins. Lorna Dane has a magnetic field control. And Scarlet Witch reveals that, oh, yeah, we're supposed to be daughters, even though that canonically isn't possible anymore because comics are awful. Well, I mean, still theoretically, I mean, it's a different world. They could still be. Maybe it's just 616 where they're not. Yeah... That was also stupid if they shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Uh, Scarlet Witch also says that she has magic powers, and Black Panther, sort of getting impatient, explains that Forge can understand machines and build anything. Beast is a doctor, except he's bigger than normal. And he's also got, like, tusks here. Or, well, not tusks, but very large incisors. Mm-hmm. And uh, Black Panther is the only non-mutant here. 
And as they get closer to the city, they find out that Wolverine is very dead. Like, he's been decapitated, and he's being keelhauled. Which is going to make their mission to uh, help Wolverine overthrow Magneto very difficult. Yep. And so Blink is ready to go in for the mission and try and find out more. And Forge pulls her back because he's like, uh, no, we need to elect a team leader. And... Like, this is one of the good things where it's like, oh, if you know this is Blink and she knows everything that's going down, it's like, oh, yeah, that's, of course, why she wants to go and jump in and do everything. And it it just makes her a very good character for sort of being bad at this deceit. Mm-hmm. And so they get into a discussion over who's going to be the leader, and everyone's just like, oh yeah, no, Blink is going to be the leader. She she took the lead. And so as they walk into the city, a nuclear missile is sent in, wrapped in organic uh, anti-magnetic coating. And so Sauron goes in and is able to peel back the coating, and Magneto destroys it, but it also kills Sauron. And we also see that this Magneto has his daughters, Wanda and Polaris, with him. And they begin bickering over how they also help with the situation. And it's like, wait, so if Wanda is claiming that she, like, made the magnetic stuff, or that she made the nuclear material inert and Polaris, like, diffused other parts of the bomb, why do they have to let poor Sauron die? Actually, until you mentioned that, I didn't realize poor Sauron died. Yeah. Well, Magneto's like, I would not ask him to make a sacrifice that I would not make myself. Yeah, uh, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I was confused by that line, actually. I didn't realize Sauron. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Sauron. Unfortunately, someone points out that Forge is in the crowd, and Maggot, who is a copier, tries to arrest Forge until he notices that Wanda and Lorna from the Exiles are down there with them. And meanwhile, Beast takes the guy who ratted them out and just beats him up in an alley, which is fantastic. Hell yeah. Snitches get <laughs> stitches for presumably horrible head trauma. And so they go into a guard station and Forge is able to get a- access to the world's written history. So here Magneto and Xavier remained friends and were able to work together towards coexistence. So, like, all the mutants who would normally join the Hellfire Club and the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants work together. But they generally only work to handle, uh, like, anti-mutant threats, which made them less accepted overall, which led to the Sentinels being better funded, and they eventually were able to kill Charles Xavier. Rip Papa Chuck. This led to a war between the heroes until the United Nations allowed mutants to all move to Genosha, but then the rest of the world tried to bomb Genosha and Magneto was like, oh, yeah, you tried to trick us and he just reversed the bombs on them. And so the entire world is at war with Genosha right now. Also in this world, Magneto actually raised his daughters with uh, Moira McTaggart, who remarried after Xavier died. But Lorna and Wanda really dislike one another. And they're unable to get any more information. And when Wanda wonders if Beast could like do better hacking he turns it down and so they decide to swap out the exiles wanda and lorna for the real ones from this reality who i'll refer to as the royal wanda and lorna because otherwise it gets very confusing 
Yep. So Royal Wanda uses the uh, Phoenix Jean Grey to see how Lorna is going to dress for the party because Lorna wants to embarrass Wanda. And the Exiles like comment how the Phoenix Force didn't manifest, even though Jean Grey is dressed up like the Phoenix, but it may have just been the Phoenix Force never replaced Jean Grey 100%. Or maybe Jean Grey is just in a Phoenixism and to have that kind of uh, fashion sense, Luke. Yeah. So they all teleport in and are able to knock Wanda out because Jean Grey left her alone. And meanwhile, Magneto talks to uh, Royal Lorna to try and get her to behave with her sister. And she brings up how Pietro was supposed to rule, but he got killed. And so as soon as Magneto leaves, that's when the Black Panther shows up, tries to hit on Royal Lorna, and they quickly find out that they were not well prepared for fighting a magnetic person. Nope. Because, like, Forge gets in and he instantly is made to punch himself in the face. It's like you feel like you would have thought about some of these things a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you sent both the people who had magnetic stuff on them to go deal with the magnetic person. Mm Mm-hmm. And luckily, the Exiles Lorna shows up. Could have handled that. Beast could have. And Blink. Blink was there. No, Blink and Beast went to uh, get Scarlet Witch. I thought Blink was. Oh, I see. I thought Blink was on that team. Oh no, he wasn't. Or no, she wasn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, like, not a great use of uh, people, no. but you know. So, luckily, the Exiles Lorna shows up and is able to overpower the Royal Lorna. And Panther's hitting on everyone. And doesn't understand why Forge is angry about that fact. And Forge is just like, yeah, no, I want to get back to my wife, Aurora. And he's upset because on this world, she had married T'Challa. And that's also what happened on the world of the Exiles Black Panther. Because uh, this Black Panther is not T'Challa. It is his 19-year-old son, T'Chaka, Prince of Wakanda. Bam. What a twist. That's why he's a horny teen. During the party, Beast and Forge stay behind to do some recon while T'Chaka and Wakanda go to one side of the party where they meet Rogue and Jean Grey while Blink and Lorna Dane end up talking to the Brotherhood mutants Blob, Toad, and Pyro. Unfortunately, during the recon, uh, Rogue is notified by Jean, and so Rogue and Nightcrawler go and knock out Forge and Beast. Wanda and Pilter, a.k.a. Colossus, go on for a dance, and he's like, oh no, Kitty is no longer in my life. T'Chaka hits on Mystique, and yeah, this Mystique is down to clown and is also hella gender fluid, and Kitty is seeing that uh, Wanda and Pilter are dancing, steals T'Chaka to get back at Pilter, and then secretly phases uh, T'Chaka out of the party while dancing with him. The original five X-Men show up, and Iceman freezes the members of the Brotherhood to get uh, Lorna and Blink, taking them by surprise. And this just angers the Juggernaut, who brings more attention over Jean Grey and Emma Frost get into an argument, and this gets Magneto to come over, who is even angrier. Jean rats them out as being from another dimension and being here to overthrow Magneto. And so all of them end up in a dungeon where it is specifically made to prevent them from escaping. That's what most jails do. Yep. 
Blink is unable to teleport herself out because Nightcrawler had helped with the uh, device that's keeping her in here. But Forge, while he is unable to build any machines, is able to understand how the machines work. And so he has Blink teleport the Panther out. And he catches his landing and overhears that Frost, or that Emma Frost likes Magneto. And Moira is jealous, which is why Moira has been dressing a bit like Emma Frost. And so Panther uh, is able to reach Wanda and Lorna. And meanwhile, we get a moment where Jane and Emma are talking about their concerns over Magneto. But the Exiles, escaping briefly, interrupts things. Beast is able to destroy Magneto's helmet, and they ask Jean and Emma to reveal the truth. And it turns out that Magneto fell in love with Moira McTaggart and let Charles die, which allowed him to fully unite everybody under his banner, including the X-Men. With this truth revealed, Jean knocks Magneto out, and they quickly realize that they're going to need to make a new uh, front. So Cyclops, being the nerd, suggests making a Council of Mutants. Fucking nerd. And Blink gets a message to abort the mission, which surprises her. The team escapes, and in this really cool moment, there's a two-page splash where it's running through this portal that opens up for them. And so on the left side is the Salva Espen art, and then the next side is the art for the next uh, arc that they're going into. And they land in the desert. Link points out that the Earth they had just been on is still on course for destruction, and when Forge offers another solution... She has to hide that she knows more about what should be happening. As they walk through the desert, they see a city in the distance and a robotic lizard watches them and reports its findings to Vision, Machine Man, and Ultron. And the art for the last few pages was by Casey Jones on pencils with Carl Kiesel on inks. And so this is like the introduction to the new Parker Exiles and I think it's a very strong start. Mm-hmm. No, it was good. Like, there's a reason why this is my favorite run of Exiles, even though it's very short. They get the premise out there, which they sort of streamline a bit. Even though they have to spend like half the first issue explaining everything. But it's an entertaining explanation. Yeah, I mean, it's another reboot. So I feel like you kind of needed the explanation because yeah. i mean with the exception of blink everyone else on the team is new yeah and they found a good reason to do it they got like stuff working in layers i was a big fan of it and this week we don't have any universes to cover because well next week we'll be finishing this up where we will just rank everybody in all of our exiles and the worlds that they went to because they are not done with that first world yet hooray so, um, yeah, we actually got some questions in. I have been backing the Xavier Files podcast, and I got to submit a episode and stuff that I wanted them to cover on the show. And so I had uh, submitted this Jeff Parker story, and then they also picked two other Jeff Parker stories. And I was like, hey, I know you guys have read this. So uh, Adam Reck and... Zach Jenkins, could you send in some questions? It was a general question request, but they were the only two who responded. 
So Xavier Files wants to know what was up with that Black Panther. He's a frisky, horny team. And also, I feel like a few issues in, they'd probably reveal that he was a mutant. But they just never got that far. Wow, spoiler alert, Luke. Spoiler that the series got cancelled with six issues? No, spoiler that he's a mutant. No, I said he's probably a mutant. They never actually... He's also probably a mutant since his mommy is a a mutant. Yeah. And also, he probably didn't get a chance, because he's only 19... Who knows how much he has been able to leave Wakanda. Now he's able to explore and see all the the pretty ladies of the world. Mm-hmm. To all the ladies in the place that are calling out to you, I am Wakanda's king and ruler. Uh, Adam Reck wants to know, how do you think they killed Logan for hood mounting? They, they have a lot of X-Men there, so I figure someone probably could have... Uh, like, just overloaded his uh, healing factor, and then... I mean, it could have been a lot like how he died in um, the Ultimate Universe. How did he die in the Ultimate Universe? Um, well, I mean, this one would have been more of a team effort, but Swagnito moved him in front of Cyclops' full blast, which vaporized all of his skin off, and then he... And then Magneto just, like, removed him. By separating, yeah. like, his adamantium bones from the rest of his bones. And then Adam Reck also wants to know, why does Scarlet Witch shame her counterpart's outfit when they are essentially wearing the same thing? And I'd say that the Scarlet Witch on the team does wear that hood, but yeah, they do pretty much have the same amount of cleavage. But I think the uh, cape and hood that she has... Uh, accounts for some point of the difference, so then it raises the question of who made the costume? I mean, I, I would say that the other one kind of looked a little bit more like a, the Exiles one looked more like, like a little druid. Mm-hmm. A bit more magical. Yeah. As opposed to rich princess girl. Yeah. Basically, she looks at that and was like, wow, you dress like you're poor. Hooray! So, um, yeah, that kind of wraps us up for this week. We'll be covering the last three issues, and there's also some back matter stuff that I'll see if I can find an easy way for you to read that, because that was printed in the back of the trade, because Parker essentially wrote another two issues that just never got published. Nice. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Anything else you want to cover this week, or are we good? I think we are good. Uh, then where can people find you online? You can find me online at Fred Fit. That's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. And Luke, where can people find you? You can find me online on Twitter at, at Coltreg. That's K-O-L-T-R-E-G or at LukeHair.com. You can also find both of us on the Exiled podcast, which this run of Exiles inspired it a lot more than the others. Uh, especially for some of the rules that are introduced. And, um, yeah, visit our website at multiverseq.com. We'll have an image gallery up for this, so you can see some of the very good goofs that were written in here. I'll also see about getting some of the images from the sketchbook that they had. And it's it's really weird, because this was supposed to be a very, very big relaunch, because they did a sketchbook special for it, 
And they also did a recap special uh, going over like all of the previous like Exiles storylines. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because if you look up Exiles on the Marvel uh, Unlimited, it brings those uh, things up. The other was like one of the handbook to the Marvel Universe ones Hmm. for Exiles storylines, but not the characters. And yeah, I, I feel like this was one of the things where they wanted it to be really big for Parker. And then for whatever reason, it just didn't take off. A classic Marvel canceling it before it's time. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I feel like Parker has that problem more than a lot of people do. Probably. I mean, let's He's be real. They actually let Streets uh, Agents of Atlas actually surprisingly run for a decent while. Yeah. Well, that one was getting like award nominations, though. True. I feel like most Jeff Parker books could all get award nominations if you just let it run a little bit. Yeah. That dude is all killer no filler. Mm-hmm. So, oh, and also, Zach, you were wrong for where you ranked this arc on your Battle of the Atom list. Was it low? Uh, okay. It's not super high. I forget exactly where, but... Uh, I remember listening to it, and I was like, uh, yeah, no, this is not high enough for how good the story is. Uh, Okay. Battle of the Atom rankings. Uh, Yeah, this is under Exiles number one and two. It's uh, 93 on the list of 129. It's under... Um, the first Juggernaut story, and they did all of the Exiles run as a single arc. Uh, it's under the, uh, what if the X-Men had stayed in Asgard, which, uh, that one is more arguable. It's under a lot of stuff, and I feel like this was not given the proper appreciation for the story. So yeah, Zach, we got X-Beef. X beef. Okay, uh, so until beef? next time. What? Where's the beef? I love to eat the farts. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that button. Until next time, this one's for Hank. Why is Dr. Nemesis on our podcast? the hell are you guys oh hawk is here as well (laughs) this one's for hank